Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, Sean. And this week we are watching a guest-submitted show, Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. Yes, which is um one of the more recent versions. It was a Cartoon Network version of Scooby-Doo back in 2010. Yes. And, uh, um, and you watched all of it. Uh, no, I didn't. Did I say I watched all of it? I've watched a bunch of it. You watched all of There's it. a bunch of shows that I've watched a bunch of, but not all of. <laughs> Why not? There's less, there's 52 episodes, which you could watch once a week and finish in a year. Uh, or you can be like me and watch more than half of them in a month. <laughs> and watch and 40 never episodes again. in one month and then never finish it. <laughs> I have a trouble sometimes with finishing stuff I've started. Um, yeah, I mean, I get that. I if if I really like something, usually I'll just binge it until there's nothing else to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. sometimes it'll be like I start something and I really like it, but I just never go back to it. For mm. example, most of the shows that we watch here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to see what I can do about that though. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, right, so what else can you tell me about Mr. Yank? Well, it's a very different version of the any other version of Scooby-Doo. It's, I guess you could say darker, even though like Scooby-Doo in general, like it's only darker because Scooby-Doo in general is like a very, the opposite of dark. So just the, because it's sort of like a, you know, honestly, it's very similar to Gravity Falls is what I would say it is. Interesting. Because oh, just to get rid of confusion, it's Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is the, like, technical name, but it yes. calls it Mystery Inc. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it's similar because it's got that, like, slight edge of, like, more adult humor, and it references, like, older, like, horror and supernatural stuff. Um cool. Oh, yeah. The Wikipedia says it uh, draws on Twin Peaks, H.P. Lovecraft, Saw. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, (laughs) references to all of that stuff in uh, the series. What the fuck? Well, mainly, it never loses its edge of humor, but it's fun in... um, It's it's clever, you know? It, It references that stuff... In fact, it references a lot of media in general. So it's like, I think aimed at like uh, a slightly older and a slightly more um, media literate audience, you know? Um, it's, I see why you would like this Scooby-Doo because basically it's a, it's a way of enjoying horror without being scared. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Well, it seems like it, right? You said it's. Uh, more mature and it draws on all of these like horror uh sources but it's not scary yeah um it's really fun though yeah i've seen like one or two episodes they might have been like in the middle of a season um it's 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 funny because the new what's the newest scooby-doo called um I think that the last one, uh, 
ended. Uh, be cool, Scooby-Doo. I think that they're already moving on to the next one. Yeah, um, I think you're right there. But when I first saw Mystery Inc., I was like, it was very kind of uncanny for me because from far away, all the characters look pretty much the same. But it's their it's their faces that are drawn in like the newer cartoony style and not the like more realistic old fashioned style. Mm-hmm. And then for the very newest one, they just fucking threw that out the window. <laughs> yeah, I think that like uh, they're what basically these... bit mojis in the new one. I think what these two shows represent is a willingness to experiment more with um, the franchise because everything before this has really just been like slight updates of the old episodes that are still trying to like play off of its like campy reputation and it's like set up honestly of all of those like old shows whether it's like adaptations of archie or it's things like jabberjaw or whatever all those old cartoons like this one uh, about teens on adventures scooby-doo is the only one that was really just straight up enjoyable and like enjoyable in a way that will like last for a long time yeah and you could like just keep doing it but i i know what you mean because all of the older ones kind of have the same style like i can't really think of before mystery incorporated a scooby-doo show where it looked very different from the previous ones Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i said be cool just kind of like did that to the maximum and i i haven't watched it i don't know anyone else who has i think all of the older fans are kind of put off by that but it could be good maybe we'll have to do it at some point oh i don't know um honestly both of these shows my first exposure to them just comes from uh clips on tumblr and both were fun and interesting in different ways where you know this one's a little more cartoony i mean the one that we're going to be watching is more intense and a little scarier and the one that we just start talking about was cartoon and silly well you know the kind of shows i like so i think i'm going to be interested in mystery inc mhm mhm yeah i think it's definitely because it's a show that like scooby doo actually like i think there's like probably a realization that scooby doo has like a lot of like older people who like still love it. Like there's a reason why uh, they can just straight up merchandise it to older people. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like there's a bunch of older people who still like Scooby-Doo. There's a bunch of like media oh, yeah. literate people who still like cartoons. And it's it's not just like little kids watching cartoons. Like that used to be the assumption when for people making cartoons that <laughs> oh only kids are watching this mm-hmm. yeah kids and and sometimes stay-at-home moms yeah it's not edgy um you know like it's a little bit like darker and edgier compared to scooby-doo but like c- compared to the baseline that we're dealing with it's really not all that out there um it just it's having like fun with the idea of like uh, the whole genre of like mysteries and supernatural stuff, because, you know, after like all in, uh, in more recent memory, all of the like most popular, like mystery and supernatural shows, be it like uh, the, the X-Files of Twin Peaks, uh, 
um, Buffy and Supernatural, like all of them are like intense and like based around continuity. And Scooby-Doo has never been about intensity or continuity, but it has this whole history and this lore. And I think that the people who created this show just like realized that like, hey, there's something to draw upon from all of these like influences and connections. Like we could do something cool and new with this. Right. So it's very exciting. Great. Um, I'm really excited to get to watching it. Like I said, um, I I actually don't know if I said this, so I don't know why I said like I said, but a lot of people I know are really into Mystery Inc. Um, You and my friend who recommended this for us to watch and a bunch of other people um, were really into it, which is, you know, sometimes it can be hard to get longtime fans into the new version of something yeah but they definitely um like this one was a definite success yeah so let's do it yeah let's do it bon appetit Yeah, what'd you think? I liked it. There's something slightly less confident about that I liked it. <laughs> well, it's... um, It is a little different from what I'm used to for, like, Scooby-Doo. It, it has all of the same beats, you know? It's very nostalgic in the way that it's like, here is a spooky thing happening, and we go... And right. it's, it's, it's just a it's just a normal dude in a suit. It's a very campy and two out of three times there's a red herring. Right. Um There there are some differences. The very first you literally the first ten seconds of the first episode, they get thrown in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they just finished solving some mystery off screen and it was like no, the sheriff dislikes them, and he's going to call all of their parents, who are now characters, who are all in true to the tropes of, um, what, what I guess it would be 80s parents and all horror and mystery media. They're completely unhelpful, and it is up to the teens and children to solve all the mysteries and move the plot along. Yeah, um, it's just very interesting that... This one is explicitly like they are outside the law. You stole a body? <laughs> yeah, they they stole a dead body. It's okay. It wasn't a real dead body. It was just a very dehydrated man preserved in some kind of slime dessert. Yeah, but I they did not they did not explicitly say that they weren't dead. They said they were uh, cocooned. It, it, using the power of a stand-in word and never really, like, showing anybody, like, physician heal thyself in the hospital, uh, they just, you know, got around the whole death thing by monster by just, like, shooing it off to the side and (laughs) putting just enough information in there to get around the sensors. Pretty much. Um, but with the... With that episode, so that was the second episode where 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, or was that the first episode? No, that was the first episode, the yeah, slime monster. Yeah. The second episode was Gatorsburg, and the third episode was the crab was man. The crab man, yeah, yeah. Um. So the first episode was the slime guy, and the only reason you know that these the people in the slime aren't dying is that uh, the monster ends up being a guy who was previously slimed. He mm-hmm. slimed himself. Uh, Which is enough evidence, I suppose. Yeah, so it was like, okay, this doesn't automatically kill kill people, but it's very weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I think that what we're talking uh, about without directly addressing is that you know, like we said in the the first half, the, this is sort of fulfilling on the idea of like a slightly darker and edgier Scooby Doo. Yeah, I I agree. I did like I wrote "Wow, dead" like three times because I thought they were actually dead. Yeah, which n- no. Oh, and then their friend. I don't know. So they have a friend who works in the radio station, and they go to her to like hang out and regroup uh, at the radio station. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we got her name, or if they said it offhand, I didn't get it. Yeah, me neither. Which. Uh, that's a little weird, but... Hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> I guess I'll look it up right now. But, um, she she seems cool. There is something going on with her, because every time... Not every time, but every now and then they will mention something uh, about... You can tell that there is a plot mystery in addition to the episodic mysteries, and that's another difference between the the old series and this series. Yeah, this is following in the tradition of the X-Files, having the mythos. So they, every time they mention something about the plot mystery rather than the episode mysteries, she gets like a look on her face that's like, oh, she probably knows something to the audience. That was only one time, actually. One time in the three episodes, but I'm going to assume it happens more than that. I don't know if that specific instance happens, but it also happened with the mayor in episode one, where yeah, yeah. two characters were very obviously the, flagged. The to mayor have slash Fred's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these, all of the characters except for maybe Velma, have rich parents. Yeah, these are these and, are and, families of some renown. And by maybe Velma is, I think Velma's parents are upper middle class rather than than rich rich because they do own some of the like haunted attractions but tourism <laughs> the tourist traps yes uh, the town that they live in which they live in crystal cove now in this series um is specifically obsessed with profiting off of all of the supernatural happenings aka people in costumes uh, as tourist traps Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, the Wikipedia has two names for their radio friend, and I don't know which one. I guess is the spoiler name. Mm-hmm. Um, Angel Dynamite. As I'm going to assume her radio name. Oh gosh, I think that was like her first line ever in her introduction was like. This is Angel Dynamite, and you're listening to... Okay, but that's really easy to miss. Because <laughs> they never, like, refer to her. They just talk to her. But yeah, I, I think that, uh, listener, you can tell by her name what kind of character she is. 
uh, <laughs> you mean like a, a Black Dynamite weird parody? Well, that she she basically basically like that era, like a seventies. Uh, uh, yes, very seventies. Yes, fro. That style, mm-hmm. that manner of speech. Uh, it's uh, um, I'm blanking here, but I'm there's definitely to think like of a, another black character. No, I don't think that there is one. That's cool. Is it? <laughs> it's not, but uh, it's super uncool. I mean, I guess it's cool that they have a black character at all, because um, that's recurring. Because I think all of the Scooby Doo series would have them, you know, episodic mysteries, but I don't know that they ever had a recurring black character. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know about that. Um, but, but it's still, it is still kind of weird that they're like, and she's like a seventies. <laughs> she's not well, modern like everyone else is. I mean, everything is semi seventies styled. Is it? Yeah, in the art and in the houses, uh, in Crystal Cove in general. I did. Um, I did somewhat. mention. Um, in some of the wider shots, it is very uh, nostalgically placed. I guess mm-hmm. because you, you know, you get the image of you know the team with their flashlight walking in a group, you know, through this mysterious setting, like a dark forest or a cave or whatever. And every now and then they will do something like that, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice to see. Yeah. The the art style and the colors and stuff is tinged like just the right amount of like 70s psychedelic without it feeling like it's stuck. Yeah. But I mean, the, the characters themselves are modern. Yeah. They're... Except for Angel. Yeah. But like it, it has an awareness of like when it's from and uh, it's past. Like... <clears throat> It explicitly in the first episode is just like, yes, Minor 49er, Space Cook, Charlie the Robot and stuff. They're all in the Haunted Museum as things that the Scooby gang has already dealt with. We are not going to be rehashing any old stuff. Right, right. So that is kind of cool that they're like, look at all of this stuff that you already saw. Now time for new stuff. Yeah, it's just sliding timescale stuff. Right. Um. So... Mm-hmm. The other thing, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, I'm sure you know this because you've watched a decent amount of this show, but um, Mr. E, I think, so they get a clue in the first episode that is just like a key with a picture of a couple inside, um, and they mm-hmm. find out in the third episode that the couple are, they're like missing people from the town. Yeah, um, missing kids. Two of a bunch of missing kids. Yeah. And Mr. E, I'm pretty sure it, like, sends them a letter that's like, don't stick your nose where it doesn't belong. But then he, like, gives them a mystery. The fact that they got a threatening letter sets you up to think it's like, a, oh, don't stick your nose in where it doesn't belong. But it was actually worded along the lines of, like, you're opening Pandora's box, uh... Also, I'm going to keep handing you, like, clues and leads and stuff. So that's what I was curious about, because it seems, like I said, it seems kind of threatening. Like, you don't know what you're getting into. Anyway, here's some shit to get into. It's very shady and semi-threatening, but um, 
in every case, it's that he's not actually like hindering them so much as he is like forcing them to go do things. Right. Yeah. Um, so Mr. E is the one who made the plot in the second episode happen because that plot took place in Gatorsburg. It doesn't, didn't even take place where they live, which is where they do all their mysteries. Um, mm-hmm. He mailed them a clue to get them to go to Gatorsburg. And it's heavily implied by the end that he uh, secretly arranged for them, their engine to be stolen and then reinstalled once the mystery was solved. Right. Um, so it's, it, he's just, uh, it's just very interesting. Like, I wonder what is up with him. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I wonder where that plot is going to go. Yeah, Obviously, he's, he's, he knows something. He's very obviously going by like a a punny uh, a punny fake name, kind right. of like Mister X, but not. Um, and he's been in all three episodes, like slightly instigating or slightly helping in minor ways, uh, and helping this like uh, myth arc continue. So we've got missing kids. We've got a locket that is sort of a magnifying glass slash key. Uh, with a question mark on it. Uh, and we've got some connection to the mayor, to Angel Dynamite, and to Gatorsburg. Yeah, so it's just Mr. E being a mysterious character as he is. It's just interesting that he would be like, and here's, here's, he's just giving them little clues to like, keep them interested in the in the larger plot mystery. And I wonder like what his game is. Like, does he well, want someone to find out, or is he just, like, playing with them? Well, that's part of the mystery that's going to, like, keep you coming back to the series. hmm So that's a nice uh, thing about this show, is that um, it is nice when stuff is episodic, and this is still episodic. There's still yeah. a fun mystery every episode, so you don't have to watch it in order. But it does kind of encourage you to both watch it in order and to watch the whole thing. because it's like oh but we have a a series plot too it's going to be referential to like a lot of like a lot of things uh like it's referential to like spielberg and psycho it's uh, oh uh, i i noticed but national lampoon's vacation (laughs) but you didn't notice uh, and like a bunch more both like hanna barbera properties and things like uh, all sorts of old shows from that from the era or since then. Yeah. Uh, and as you progress, you'll see uh, a lot of you'll be surprised by what they reference. Yeah. The references are and, definitely, as you said earlier, geared towards an older audience. Yeah. And you'll be surprised in that same vein by like what kind of mystery reveals are in store and how dark it can get. Mm hmm. Like, I think that something that this uh, podcast has helped me realize uh, is that, like, we're doing our best to, like, uh, understand and to expect things from the first three episodes. But every time I go back to a show that I know well, I'm always like, man, these first couple episodes are, like, just, like, nowhere near, like, the later stuff. You know what I mean? Because there's, like, so much about, like build up and investment and continuity that like does things for later episodes that it's like god damn it is hard to make a good first episode <laughs> it is it is it's very hard to make a good first episode for anything i think but this was i i mean 
it, it's it's helpful that this show has stuff to draw on, uh, such as the, you know, fifteen other Scooby Doo series that already exist. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's they didn't they barely needed to introduce the characters, you know, which yeah, is a playing, leg up. Yeah, it's playing a lot with the audience's knowledge to like mess with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one interesting thing that this show does that. I can't recall happening in other shows is that from the jump, from before the show has even started, Velma and Shaggy are dating, but secretly. Secretly dating. And then one thing that is uh, a thing I've seen in previous shows, but is very obvious here is like Daphne has a super big crush on Fred who's oblivious as fuck. Mm -hmm. He's just like, he super doesn't get it. And she is the most obvious human being ever. And it's just very interesting because kind of like while I'm watching this, I'm like, why do these girls like these guys? They don't oh, give yeah, them yeah. any reason to like them. The, the, uh, I have to say that like, it, this is a show that definitely gets better. Like b- both with like Angel Dynamite and with like the interactions between the Scooby gang. Mm-hmm. It's just very weird because Fred literally gives Daphne no reason to like him because he only talks about traps, which she doesn't seem super interested in. And every time she tries to be cute or romantic, he just blows her off. And the same with Shaggy and Velma. I mean, Shaggy obviously likes Velma because they're dating, but he's also, again, like super unromantic. And no personal displays of infection in front of my son, Scooby-Doo. You said that very wrong, but I'll let it go. What did I say very wrong? Personal displays of infection. Oh, public well, I said affection. Public affection. I'm sorry that I cannot always <laughs> enunciate clearly. I'm so sorry that I have I'm plagued saying, the audience with my bad enunciation. Wrong. It's not enunciation. It's the wrong words. <laughs> that vowels. Anyway, but, um, it's just, yeah, and the, the reason Shaggy doesn't want it to be uh, well-known isn't because he cares about Fred uh, and Daphne, but he doesn't want Scooby-Doo to know that he's dating anybody. He, he wants to break it to Scooby gently. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I guess he thinks Scooby's going to get jealous. And, and hmm. well, in, yeah, in, in, in the course of that, he makes Velma jealous because he only ever wants to hang with Scooby-Doo. R.E., why does Velma even like him? Right. I don't know. He must be fucking shredded under there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's He's got an amazing six-pack, and <laughs> despite he all runs of the with the speed teams, of a He runs with the speed of a Great Dane. <laughs> that is true. I don't know. Uh, in, like, the introductory, like, scene after the, like, very first cold open, um, Daphne... See, uh, Daphne explains to her, like, her parents in, uh, more or less that she finds Fred, uh, intriguing in the sense that he's some kind of, like, mad misunderstood genius type. Yeah, which is, um, the show makes pretty much every character a little bit stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Uh, is uh, fun. But Fred is definitely, like, because he's the one that's always coming up with the plans and how to catch the monster... He's obviously a, a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, socially dumb. In every other version of Scooby-Doo, Fred was just, like, 
the boring regular one who didn't have like a lot of traits to like or even like a dumb jock yeah well (laughs) not so much a dumb jock really honestly no not like that but you know what i mean honestly uh he's the prep it's shaggy who is the dumb jock no shaggy is the dumb stoner but anyway he he's a dumb stoner slash jock (laughs) (laughs) um but uh in this they sort of like flip that around where fred is usually the most boringest now he is the uh literally the most insane yeah he is super weird um Da- so Daphne gets kidnapped in episode three and Fred does not know what to do with himself. And at the end of the episode, Daphne goes to him and she says, oh, like I heard you were out of sorts, trying to get him to admit that he likes her. And he goes, don't worry, I'll never have feelings ever again. Yeah, he he he, he actually says like, oh, I don't want to endanger our friendship. Yeah, he's like, I don't I don't want anything bad to happen because I have feelings. So I don't worry about it. don't worry about (laughs) oh gosh so uh yeah uh the the real like wild activities of fred jones uh are like a like probably like a centerpiece of like the humor of this show where it is just extremely wild extremely um surreal (laughs) to experience Especially because Scooby-Doo has always been, like, a very, um... Well, we know what era it came out in. That's vague, but okay. Just as in, like, there's no... There's never anything even, like, approaching a, like, racy element in Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. But in this one, the girls are explicitly horny on Maine. Horny on Maine. There was, they were so horny on Maine that we had to come up with an acronym for it, which is HOM. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <sighs> yeah, considering that this show is the like gritty, quote unquote, it's still Scooby-Doo, it's still a cartoon, but the like the one that has a series plot, not just episodic plots and, and some like really interesting stuff going on that other shows have not. It is very interesting that in that case, they make some of the characters, like, so ridiculously cartoonish. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still, like, a Scooby... Like, we're talking about, like, the bar of, like, Scooby-Doo here. Like, when we said, like, edgy and dark and whatnot, I don't think that we ever meant to, like, imply that it was, like, adult. But, like, it's definitely, like, just pushing the show uh, into, like, a very different like mood and tone yeah but that's Um, what i mean like it's interesting that given that this is the show that's doing that they don't go for that with their characters and i think that's what keeps it light you know rather than because not every character is you know pushing the boundaries and being Mm -hmm. edgy because pretty much every character has like a silly element or like a really weird um personality trait then it makes Mm -hmm. it easier to kind of Except those themes in a cartoon. Yeah. Like, it's still on Cartoon Network, and it's still a Scooby-Doo cartoon. It's good that the people making this show still have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there is a, a bit of information that I'm not sure about that uh, I might might be important to inform you of. Should I spoiler zone this? No, this is not a spoiler zone, uh, because we barely mentioned the Crab Man episode. Yeah. Uh, but the Crab Man episode may have been episode four. 
Oh no, we fucked up. Yeah, but uh, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. What was episode three that we missed? Uh, I believe it was a ghost truck. Oh well. Hmm. Ghost um. truck. <laughs> now I'm thinking about the other ghost truck. Anyway, do you have a rating? Yeah, I'd say that this is a, like if you have nostalgia for Scooby Doo, that this is a savory show. Um, like if and most people have knowledge of Scooby Doo is why I feel confident putting it in the savory quality. Because, like, there's not a lot uh, in particular going on in the first couple of episodes besides, like, the promise of future mysteries. But the show goes places, and I'm making... Unless you just want me to rate the first three episodes, in which case I would give it sweet. Yeah, well, I was thinking I would give it sweet, but I do see that there is, like, more going on than than the other shows that we've given the sweet rating to. Mm-hmm. So I might I might go back to our sweet savory rating, the peanut butter rating. Yeah, um, I honestly like, yeah, peanut butter, but like it is a little bit based off of some qualifiers. Like I wouldn't necessarily recommend the show so hard to somebody who like doesn't have history or any fond feelings for Scooby-Doo. Right. Because, well, again, like you said, pretty much everyone does. Um, but, you know, there are people who who watch different shows or just didn't watch a lot of TV growing up. Yeah. Um which is fine, yeah. I I think they still might like it. They just wouldn't have the same, you know, like nostalgic appreciation um, that other people might. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't make this like the first Scooby Doo show that you watch, right? But I, if it's okay for me to like put in the qualifier of like I believe that this show has lots of payoff, uh then absolutely I would give it the savory rating. Okay. Well, from what I've seen, I'm I'm going to stick with peanut butter, but that, you know, includes savory. So. All right, then. Uh, yeah. So. Scooby-Doo approves peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, it was, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I would recommend it to people, as you said, who have watched Scooby-Doo, which is pretty much everyone I know. Uh, <laughs> except for Kayla. Kayla is in our Scooby-Doo group chat, and I don't know why. She's never seen Scooby-Doo, and she doesn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'd think that at some point that she would just leave, but... (laughs) No, she uh... likes to be in there. All right. I think she saw the Scooby-Doo Supernatural crossover, because she likes Supernatural. And that tells you everything you need to know about my my tastes versus hers. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) <laughs> why are you doing her like this <laughs> on the internet uh anyway uh it's your turn to pick because this was a oh fuck this you were you were gonna pick last week but then we went with the user submitted show no no but i i thought i was like all in for like picking this one because i had already seen it i i was counting this as one of my picks are you the- <laughs> were you the do you if you have a show prepared you should go ahead and make that the next episode because uh, i so did not think about it at all prepared no i've I got nothing prepared you know i've got like a whole list in my phone of of shows for this so i mm-hmm. can just pick something at random although i do have a question for you i also have a list in my phone what's your question um are we doing sci-fi september this year 
No, I don't think so. Are we doing Spooktober? Probably, probably. Okay, if we're doing Spooktober, I've got some spooky shows that I'm going to save for that. All right. Um, I actually want to do um, uh, a different theme for September. I want to do superheroes. Oh, oh, superhero September. That's cool. Yeah, because um, fucking superheroes are good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that case, uh, I'm going to save my spooky shows for Spooktober. I don't have any superhero shows, so I'll start gathering those. So what I want to watch next week is Fresh Off the Boat. Ah, oh, all right. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that's another one of those shows where I saw a lot of like photo sets and gift sets on Tumblr, and I thought it was really funny, and I just never started it. And I feel like it. once I start watching it, I'd like it, but I'm, you know, I'm this way. <laughs> it's just you know we sometimes we have trouble like getting around to things that we know are good and some of us also have trouble getting around to finishing things that we have watched and enjoyed (laughs) and life is busy and maybe this podcast will give you the impetus you need to finish the last what 10 episodes anyways moving on to the next part anyways so join us two tuesdays from now for the show fresh off the boat we hope you enjoyed. Be sure to hit us up on tvdpodcast.tumblr.com um, or you can go to our Facebook page, um, TV Dinner. Um, I'm pretty sure that's also like facebook.com slash tvdpodcast and you can give us suggestions there. Hang out with us. You can us. give us stars on iTunes if you want. Yeah. Uh, we haven't asked for reviews in a while. We don't have any reviews even though I know people listen. <laughs> I see you. I have analytics. <laughs> but um, So if you're listening to this, pl- please find it in your heart to give us a rating. Please. Yeah, it doesn't have to be five stars. We understand that, you know, sometimes audio or whatever gets in the way, but it would be cool if you could just let us know what you think. Just don't give us one stars as a joke. Yeah, that's rude. It's very rude, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Yeah, next time. Bye. Bye.